kept laughing through the intro <laughs> i actually i cut it off to give a good intro no forget that you should it would have been funnier if you laughed through the guys grab some popcorn um because first off air popped popcorn without all the bull crap on it at night is a really good like nighttime snack that's low calorie and also uh your brain releases cool like drowsy chill out go to sleep chemicals uh with popcorn which is yeah. totally wild that carbohydrate yeah releases it so it's like a nice like settle down, but it's got to be air. Like if you're getting movie theater microwave popcorn. Yeah. I, so we have an air popper and I, I think it's the same exact mold model brand of air popper that we probably had in the eighties. Yeah. Technology hasn't really changed. on making a kernel pop. Well, I get that. Uh, <laughs> imagine being the guy that invented the one. You know the one. It's got the white base and the yellow top. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine being that guy and just, I mean, he's just making money. I mean, odds are somebody like General Mills or something took that from him, and he hasn't made a dime, you know? I mean, maybe. I mean, that's a lot of foresight to be like, popcorn is going to be the rage, right? Because <laughs> think about the first guy that made popcorn. He's like, I'm going to take this corn. Let's put in some hot air. Pop. Oh, man, what is this puffy-loving thing? <laughs> like, imagine eating the first puffed piece of popcorn. You'd be like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of food probably has pretty interesting yeah. milk. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, that guy was outrageous. No, the milk guy was great. Dude, I mean, I think eating from an animal... You know, I, now, I don't drink milk. Um, <laughs> but eating from an animal is like it's pretty basic. Like, you were out there... You were hunting, hunting and gathering, you know, your wife's running around with a basket full of berries with her boobies all swinging about because you didn't have clothes <laughs> yet. And you see an animal, you're like, I'm taking everything I can from that thing. All right. Like it's milk, it's, it's meat, it's whatever. Anyway, um, this episode is not about popcorn. No. We just not. want you to get your popcorn. Yeah. This is a good old fashioned bitch fest. Sometimes, sort of. Sometimes you got to gripe a little bit and you, you were... I was like when I, I didn't have an idea for an episode and you often kind of wait for me to come to you with ideas. Yeah. And so when you're like, Hey, do you have an idea? And I, uh, like, I know you do. Right. Yeah. No. And, and I, my response was cool. I got it. And it was like a winky face, but not the emoji winky face, like the actual made with the, with the icon, like, you know, with the keyboard, like yeah. an adult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have like an exploding, like yeah. you had to download a new yeah. app just to see the thing that I sent you. It, it didn't animate. Like two-step verification and then the confirmation email. So this is what we're going to talk <laughs> There are things that happen on these damn machines, these, these still unknown how they work. Like really, the physics of them still don't really make sense. It's kind of a magical creation, mm-hmm. a bicycle. But things happen when you're out riding said bicycle that can absolutely destroy your Zen vibe and mojo. Like they can just steal it. Like they can just, it's like as if you got transported into like a chain gang, right? Like instantly, like it just make you so angry. And it's just one little thing. I, um, I'm guilty of it. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, first uh, off, we all are. So, like, yeah, yeah. anyone noble, any of you like noble, like, high, like oh, no, yeah, I don't care. I just ride yeah, whatever. You're, yeah, okay, you're a sure, goddamn thing, liar. sure thing, Nelson. All uh, right. 
<laughs> I um as and so I'm gonna say a thing that's gonna sound kind of like disparaging to mountain bikers, but I as 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 somebody who has this happen, I I can say it because I'm talking shit about myself. It's a little bit of a princess in the pea situation. Um, some of what we talked about going into the episode is it's, it's these little things, but because you're out having your time, they blow into these massive world ending. I don't know why I'm doing this sport moments. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into these right away. And so how it's going to work is, uh, Harley and I are going to dig in through, um, our brains and our memories and basically probably our hearts. And we're going to talk about moments where a small, small thing has just ruined this awesome thing that we're doing. And then we have a greater benefit because as a bike shop owner, <laughs> a multi-location bike shop owner, you get to hear the people like me that come in and gripe, bitch, moan, and typically point fingers and blame and say, why did this happen? And you have to manage that. And I bet you've got some just like absurd ones. I've had some pretty absurd ones. I also think everybody here needs to understand your journey to this episode yeah no i was gonna get to that yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which has been i mean if if there was such a thing as mechanical gremlins you've got all of them yeah it's across every yeah well one bike one van but man has it been like so, well, you feel pretty put upon by the universe i have to imagine i like pulling examples from non-related things Abby and I are watching the conference finals uh, for the Nuggets, which is awesome. Nuggets going to be in the NBA finals. Yep. So cool. Um, and I'm a huge basketball fan, and I, and I love it. And I'm a huge Nuggets fan. And they flashed up to like a box at um, Ball Arena one night when the game was here. And it showed George Carl, who was a coach here for a long time. But he was like a big, heavy set. Like, he was a big guy. Like sure. a bowling ball sort of dude, you know? And it showed a picture of him in whole – like he might weigh 130 pounds. Like he is, looks like Montgomery Burns, right? Like okay. skin bones. Like he was, and I was like, holy crap. Like Abby didn't even recognize him. And I vaguely sort of was able to piece it. And then obviously his name flashed on the screen. Right. But I look it up and he quit coaching because he had got like a throat cancer thing. And obviously he couldn't talk. And, and, that, and then he beats that. And then he gets this brain cancer thing and he beats that and then he gets his other and he's had so he just has had a litany i mean i'm not joking like six or seven different types of like morbid diseases like bad deals like situations and i read it all and i just referenced to abby she's like well, what happened i'm like basically everything like his body is saying right. like we no longer want to do this game yeah and modern medicine is still allowing him to right that's the sort of mechanical situation i feel like i have been in with one of my new bikes where it's just like this bike is trying to say no and modern technology is allowing it to persist and right at some right. point i think my conversation with you was harley i'm too close to it um i i need you to tell me when enough <laughs> is enough because I, yeah. I don't have perspective anymore um but it's not even that that got me there it was actually the last couple of days um, i'm in a taper right now i've got gunnison growler this weekend and I decided that um, I want to flex a little bit. I want to puff my chest. So I'm going to race single speed on Saturday, the original, the 32-mile course. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe if it goes great. I mean, I'm a stage racer now. At least I'm trying to be. So maybe I'll just do Sunday also, the Big Bad 40. Um, 
And instead of just thinking about that on the way back from Bentonville, I was like, man, you know what? Just, just do it. So I registered for both. So I got this big weekend. It's going to be, you know, 72 miles of single speed racing. Right. Uh, and the Growler course is real single track. Real single track, techie, desert work. Mm-hmm. So so I'm on a taper. And uh, one of my strategies, one of my tricks for the taper is to fill myself with like little projects so that I can fill my day uh, Outside of work, yes, like at work or whatever. But not, uh, but not obsessing about not riding yeah, a bike. But, yeah, exactly. So I got my hands full with like some other stuff, right? And so, and you go and reorganize your underwear and sock drawer like so many times. <laughs> totally. Right? Like they are so well folded. So I pulled out my fun car. And the fun car is great. I mean, it's a 50 year old car, it's beautiful. It runs, it gets from here to there. Like it's fun. But there's a couple of things, like just a couple of little things. And I was like, this is great. This week I'll work on those couple of little things. And uh, I thought I fixed the one, and then I did fix the second one, and then I just found out, like on the drive here in in yesterday afternoon, that I didn't quite fix, and it just soured me. Like when we walked in to record, I go, Harley, it's cool. Um, I gotta go get a coffee. Mm-hmm. Can you just set things up? <laughs> like it really, like I mean, I was banging techno. I was like, Abby was asking me questions. I'm like, Yo, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm not accessible right now. Yeah. And it was all because like leaking a little coolant, like yeah. big deal, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's what really triggered this is that we can let a really small thing like blind us to all the good things. Mm -hmm. And even the best of the best, we did this sport because we like it. Uh, So why why hate it It, in any (laughs) moment? You know what I mean? I almost feel like this is a kind of a cool follow up to like really like digging down on the perspective one we did uh, a a little ways back. Right. Like. But at the same time, there's no getting around the it's making me not happy with a thing that should be bringing me happiness and joy. Well, let's talk about the biggest one. <laughs> it has been since its inception in mountain biking, right? Since the day they were brought on the market to today with all the advances in technology. I mean, we got crazy. Like I watched a video about transmission the other day and they had this <laughs> dude swinging something that was at like. 1200 pounds of force or something like a swinging lateral hammer yeah and it's sludge blow hammer into the transmission and then it still shifts like perfectly fine so we've got like that level of tech which is crazy right from day one until today like big giant middle fingers to the dropper post when it doesn't Ooh, work yeah period yeah do well, i have the listeners like on my team like, <laughs> I, think I think you do dropper post and it's so funny because dropper posts are so good now. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but they're still not great all the time. So we talked a while back. I think it was when you were harping uh, or when I, maybe when I just uh, admitted to the whole, uh, that the depravity, which was the eating of the pizza yeah. on the Baja Divide. <laughs> yeah. And somebody had asked or you had asked some, somehow it came up like well was it good was it, and I was like there's no such thing as bad pizza like even bad pizza is still pizza right yeah. like there's a, there's like a scale sure but like it's still like pretty much all good unless it's like not cooked right sure. yeah. um, the dropper post unfortunately is great as they are because I agree with you like yeah. my new one that I transfer SL it is finger light like you don't have to like drop down on it, it doesn't yeah. like slow like, it is instant and everything about it it's, it's fantastic here's the problem when they don't work, they just all the way don't work. There's right. not like an There's not binary. Right? Yeah, it, or, or it is binary, yeah, right? Bi- There's it's, no, it's pass-fail. And it's such a bummer <laughs> then because no matter how great the the pass is, once it fails, it's a fail. Yeah, totally. And, and now, so I got my first dropper post in 2008. 
and they were awful. Crank Brothers, wasn't that the first one? So that's the oh, first one I ever saw back in like oh nine. Hold on, I need to do the yeah. glasses. <laughs> uh, so the Crank what Brothers one, there was one made by uh, actually a Colorado company called Maverick, which made suspension bikes, and Paul Turner, who was the uh, I'm getting it right, the creator of the original Rock Shocks, like way, way, way back. And he came up with a dropper post called the Speedball. Craig Brothers licensed it. Wait, they called it Speedball? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, isn't that a use of drugs? Isn't that like a way to do something? Yeah. Yeah. Speedball. I wonder how nobody saw it. Nobody thought, like, hey, guys, maybe, maybe we don't <laughs> maybe call we don't. Maybe we don't call the drop post Horkaline. <laughs> <laughs> the mountain bike industry was a different thing back in the, uh, the aughts. Okay. As so, it were. <laughs> so you had, you're uh, doing a Speedball. But they were so bad that I owned three. Or when one broke, you just put one it was on the bike, and back this was back when everybody rode with like full size camelbacks all the time. Yeah, um, one to take on super long rides, and one to have at service. So your friend who yet hadn't yet adopted this is a mythical friend hadn't yet adopted the dropper post, and he's still doing like quick, quick the quick release or drop. just not. I mean, yeah, but the quick release drop was like the move, right? Like you got to the top of the climb, yeah. and it's like quick release, drop the seat, yeah. <laughs> slam it yeah. shut. He's laughing at you carrying like two seat posts on a bike ride. Yeah, and it was such a point of pride for so many people. They were like, "I know how to descend with you know blah blah blah." I'm like, okay, but like if technology exists, why? Why I know how to use a typewriter, but I have a computer. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> not to jump into the story, but yeah. you know, there's there's a very accomplished rider mountain bike racer in the U.S. that still rides with a rigid post. Yeah, um, and and Kyle claims that he's like, yeah, long live the rigid post. And I'm like, all right, what are you? How much weight are you really saving? Right, they're so light now. Like, you're saving, like, man, it it. Now, like 75 with, grams? No, it's more than that. It's probably 150 to 200, which can be half a pound. Okay, um, so you're saving half a bottle of water's weight um, yeah. to not have the dropper. And he's an unreal mountain biker. And he rides like gnarly stuff in the desert, right? Like yeah. big, he's a desert rat. Like he yeah. wins all the desert races. Yeah. I promise you, Kyle, you are much faster descending with a dropper pole. Like, <laughs> there's just, out of the way. No matter how yeah. good you are. Because I'm damn good, and I'm I just put on a hundred mil, and I realized like I'm slower with a hundred mil than I am with a one twenty five. Sure. And could I learn a new skill? But like I just know that I'll be slower. Yeah. Um, but they were awful. I mean, yeah. they were they were truly awful. Um, they're better now, but it was a long road. And yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. If if something goes wrong, I had a. I think there's a handful of brands at the upper end you can mess with that are going to work 99.9 repeating percent of the time. Um, there's a couple of high end brands that are just too delicate. And I had a, uh, I had one of them and you can just say the brand. Like, I, I don't want it to like, you may because, sell them like, Hey, it's a personal experience. Like yeah. you get it. It was a divide. Uh, the divine. It was the, the bike yoke divine SL. So it's their <laughs> super lightweight one. It's not their regular, the regular bike yoke is great. Abby has a bike yoke. Yeah. No issues. Never yeah. had a problem. Yeah. The Revive or whatever it's called is, I've got two or three of those on uh, very, I think I have one on my single speed and one on my mega tower. And those are flawless. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it really can. We were doing, it was our last training ride uh, before Leadville in 2021. And uh, it, it failed in the up position. I couldn't lower it. 
Now, if you got to have a failure, best way to do it. Best way to do it. Yeah, there's some brand. Is, doesn't KS Love? If it fails, it fails up. Almost all of them fail up now. The only one that did fail up or fail down was the Reverb, Reverb. but the non-wireless one. I don't. I haven't seen a wireless one fail yet, which is good because it's a thousand dollar seat post. Hasn't failed, but they do get their own suspension. Oh, do they? So that's this is like kind of the type of fails that I'm talking about. Is yeah. it like the little ones? Yeah, like it 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 creates yeah. like a a one inch, one and a half inch, like squishy suspension. At I mean, the top. but that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So what it is is, all right. So so you're I'm out on the ride, right? And this happens. Okay, it's it's only been once or twice. And the access reverb has a purge button, mm-hmm. so you can pull the post and you can purge the air. Um, in, in, a, in a workout. And there's a sequence to how to do it. Right. So you always forget in the moment what the yeah. sequence is, so you pull up the video. And SRAM shit is always like, if you deviate, if you flip-flop a step, right, it doesn't work. Yeah, you have to, there's a way to purge it, and you have to cycle it, and you have, right. to, like, you have to do it the right. And if you don't do it the right way, you're going to keep the like one to one and a half inch sponginess at the top, okay? Mm-hmm. So it could be kind of fun on a cruiser bike, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like riding the pony on the merry-go-round. Not but, so much on a race yeah, bike. Right, and so... Well, so what do you do then? Okay, it's I can't get rid of it. It's kind of spongy. It still goes down and up, but it's spongy at the top. So here's what I'll do. I'll raise my seat post in the frame <laughs> to account for the one and a half inch sponge. But is it a one inch sponge? And so you account yeah. for it that way. And then it miraculously stops doing the sponge. And now you're like high posted. <laughs> so you put it back down and then the sponge comes back. And this is the scenario I'm talking about. Right. Like you're using your multi-tool to do it. You've now stripped the stupid bolt at the seat collar. Uh, yeah, or, or you're partially just a little stripped four mil, yeah, yeah, you're like getting in. You wasn't in all the way. And then like your glove slipped on the multi-tool. That's super lightweight for like super efficient changes. Not, thank you, Wolf Tooth. And so, you've, anyway, anyway, this is the scenario I'm talking yeah. about. And you're out there and you're um, outside of Las Vegas in Red Rock Canyon. And you have beautiful surroundings, and you know you're going down to like a baller ass dinner tonight on the strip, and you're surrounded by buds that are pushing you to be a great rider. Okay, does the scenario sound for one of you listeners very familiar? <laughs> and and you're just beside yourself, and just can't get like you can't get unstuck by how terrible this thing is. So, what do you do? And. Uh, in this situation that I made up based on 100% nonfiction, <laughs> you stop and you say, I need to name 10 things that I like about my bike right now. What's right. the one thing I, I need hate? an exercise. Okay, I hate this. Okay, cool. I hate this. I, I need, I, I, I need I, a I, centering I, exercise. I and, and the reason is because our brain, like the way, um, the way thoughts work, uh, for every one negative thought, you ha- you have to have like seven to ten positive thoughts to equal it out. Okay, like that's the number. It's crazy, right? Like as a business owner, you know, like one bad review, you need to have like X amount of good reviews. Yeah. It's kind of same in the brain, um, but the problem is it all happens like in your own skull, and so the one bad thing can become like epic proportions. And so uh, you need seven to ten, and we'll just say ten positive things. And so this writer stopped and asked. Maybe 10 things you like about your bike. And it can be like color or the uh, arrangement of the bottle cages. Fucking anything. Like anything. Like you need 10 specific, not like it's fun, but like 10 specific things about your bike that you like. Cool. You've named them. We're back to zero. Let's go ride. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you're alone, it's really hard to There's do There's nobody that. to do like it. When you've hired a coach to train you <laughs> on trail, yeah. 
uh, yeah. who, who's kind of got some of this stuff figured out, right? right. Like kind of nice. But when you're alone and your driver post is spongy an inch and a half, oh man. Um, yeah. My only thing that I can't handle not having perfect on my bikes is my brakes. I know. That's it. My gears could be in shambles and I'll figure it out. Because to your point, I'll get the gear. Yeah, we'll get to that one because that's going to be part of this deal. Because I think we got a lot of lovers on that one. Like, I'll get it where it needs to be. Um, I don't love Creeks, but I'm sorry. I love you, Shimano, but I ride Shimano cassettes and the XTRs have some some noise issues here and there. Um, So Creeks, Groans, all that sort of stuff, I don't really care. Um, but brakes, man. Now, luckily I haven't had any clients and I haven't experienced anything where a break has caused me to have to stop a ride. But even last night I cleaned and tuned my bike. It was team ride last night. So you can't show up with a dirty bike. Plus I just needed it. Cause we had a bunch of rain here and the bike was a, a train wreck. Adjusted the brake perfectly centered. Um, Justin is enjoying a subpar coffee. Oh well, my God. Not enjoying it. He just put the coffee away. Um, out of arm's reach. Like I can't, like, I can't, I can't, can't like habitually just grab it and like my it. hand is, my hand is two inches. <laughs> it's close enough that like I can feel it, but I can't touch it. Um, perfectly adjusted the brakes. First pedal stroke out of the parking lot, rubbing brakes. And then because it was a spicy team ride, with other people, not on my own time, for an hour and 27 minutes, I just had a sword fight in the back of my bike. And it made me want to... Every, the, we rode down in Castle Rock, and uh, the trails out there are pretty much situated in neighborhoods. There's a hundred places to turn off into a neighborhood and just Be done. tuck your tail and go back to your car. Yeah, yeah. And every one of those opportunities, I considered it. Okay, so let's let's break that down. So you were, if I gather this right, so you were getting a little rotor, like, you know, the rotor goes around, you get, oh, it was the sword fight. Do you have two or more per rotation? Like, no, I had one, but it was a big one. So it was like, you could, it was like, like a sword being unsheathed. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a, like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I love sound effects. I know you do. Because we don't have a sound engineer on site. Uh, on site, just to like, hit like, the D, button. D, I need you to put in a bunch of... D, as a matter of fact, I need a full-on like kung fu fighting backtrack <laughs> with this. And this whole time. Like, <laughs> I just watched uh, John Wick 4. Oh, nice. And uh, there's enough swordplay there that I fell asleep during it because it's like, okay, I get it. Like, There's enough. <laughs> We're still fighting and killing. Yeah. Get it. Where's, um, the, where's the dog? I need I need more time with the dog. So let's let's break that down. So say okay, you're gonna. Shh, that's what you're getting each. Okay, so that's pretty substantial. Because you're a nerd, like how many? And without like my fish was this big. How many watts do you think that brake rub was? I mean none. My power numbers are great. Okay, so <laughs> okay, like it had no perf- It was wow. This is working out better than I hoped. Uh, <laughs> like. Like my heart rate data was great. My power numbers, because you know we have mad gravel coming this weekend, and you're like, your last threshold. This is my last like spicy effort before uh, three days of boredom. Yeah. Um, and projects. Yeah, projects. I got plenty of those. Uh, so yeah, like I, it was just the noise and the fact that my bike wasn't perfect. 
Yeah. And so no effect on performance, no effect on zero. output. Zero. But it's all the head. And like we know that this sport is mostly mostly head at every level of it. From like beginners, uh first event racers to seasoned veteran pros like that do it for a career. It is a brain game almost all the way. So even though power and heart rate analysis was good, like you did you leave the ride being like I mean, that was fun because I had all the people, but man, I hated that. I spent a little, so it was actually my, the beginning of the ride. Did you was, kick one of your dogs when you got home? That's no, no. <laughs> uh, now, fortunately for me, uh, I was the air quote slow guy on the ride because I rode with Chad and Will it's and Ross. Slow guy on a fast group is still yeah. a fast guy, right? So, yeah. But I was, I was out the back yeah. of, you know, guys who were, 10 years younger than me and many Watts per kilo higher than me. Um, and so like I could kind of deal with it a little bit. Um, and there's a weird thing. Like sometimes like if my bike's creaking or groaning or making a noise and somebody's climbing behind me, I feel bad. Cause I feel like I'm, Oh yeah. They're, they're like getting away from this guy. Yeah. I'm like, terrible. and even if it's not, and I've said something to people like, uh, I ride with Colin frequently i'm like oh man i'm sorry my bike's creaking and he just he's like i don't know what you're talking about yeah it's weird how <laughs> um, and it's this huge thing yeah, to me yeah <laughs> i was i was flying down uh a trail up buff creek on sunday and i mean i'm just flying through the kitty litter which makes tons of noise on your tires right like when you're riding kitty litter it's like it's noisy like you can hear it and i'm flying i'm and there's like hikers and i'm like hey bike coming up yeah. and i'm in and I, I'm always, I marvel at how close I can get before they oh. recognize that I'm there, and then they get the like spooked, jump out of the way. And you're like, dude, not only was I calling to you, but like my bike is making, like my hub sounds like so loud. It's so loud, and the tires on the gravel. And how did you? How are you that oblivious? Yeah. But I forget they're walking, their feet are crunching on the gravel. Right, they're listening to their own breathing. Maybe they're, maybe they're having talking. a conversation. Yeah. Who knows? But even if they aren't, like they're in their own, and they're making all their own noises. And it's weird, like. We really don't make that much noise. Yeah, you're like, you're thinking to yourself, I sound like a train going yeah. down this trail. Yeah, how did you miss me? Like, you know? No. Um, so the other thing was I had replaced the battery in my power meter. And um, it was just holding steady at like 340 watts. Yeah. Coasting, pedaling. And for the ride out there it's it's all punchy climbs there's no sustained climb and you and i talked about this um in one of our coaching meetings just like i know intuitively like i don't need to know what the power is it's a threshold race pace effort for an hour and a half just go hard yeah every time it's uphill hammer it yeah but that was like i actually had to stop and fix it i had to like stop and within the computer recalibrate forget like i deleted the, yeah. the power meter yeah. re-added it and it was fine and it didn't take very long but like in the grand scheme of first of all riding with a great group of guys uh second of all um fitness is feeling great on point um didn't not, like not carry any fatigue or excessive fatigue i should say like everything's awesome um i had uh chris from centered sports group he came out and rode with us and he was checking out a new bike, finally getting him off of that imminent potentially, maybe hopefully fingers crossed. Uh, there's so many like positive check marks. Um, and then I'm like, my power meter doesn't say the right thing. 
Right. And I have the tiniest little brake rub that is not impeding my performance at all. And I, I was like, oh, oh and <laughs> and I ride uh, with the shocks open run uh, bone conduction uh, headphones. My music kept pausing. It just kept pausing. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, everything's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you're laughing now because of the bike. Like, it's so you're, you're ridiculous. 20, 12 hours removed from yeah. it or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's absurd, right? Because like all of these things are going right. By the way, the shocks thing, my, likewise, if I don't have like perfect phone service, sometimes it just miraculously pause, play, pause, play, pause. Play. I don't yeah. understand why. Yeah. Um, and then I have like a, I had one of the earlier generations of them mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, guys, I can only get like four hours of battery life and then mine die. But other guys on the team talking about how they get like 10, 12 hour, full yeah. 12 hour races. I'm like, yeah. how do you do that? And so they're like, well, pff, bro, yours are so old like you. And so I'm like, thanks. <laughs> so I bought new ones. I can, so I had Abby try them in Bentonville. Right. Yeah. So that then she could be like, wow, these are cool. I want some. So yeah. I can be like, okay, cool, you, you can have those. And then I bought new ones and I did this, right? Got the new ones, load them all up. They died after two and a half hours on Sunday at Buff Creek. And then the guys asked me, like, well, what volume level do you listen to that? And I'm like, well, maximum, because I want to hear the possible. music. Yeah. Um, two and a half hours and they died. So they're not like sitting on my desk and I'm like, of course I got the one. Like, you got the bad one. I did. Across the board. Which is just keeping it on pace with all of the things that you've gone through in like the last six weeks. Disbonded bottom bracket sleeve for the front triangle of a new bike. Resand, fix, pull, boom. Oh, sorry, we had like kind of subpar epoxy, blah, blah, fixed. Cool. Bike back, all put back together. Two rides, <laughs> snapped chain stay or seat stay on the rear triangle. Snapped clean in half, not a crack, but like clean uh, in half. Oh, yeah, no, we had an issue with the mold, blah, blah, blah. Didn't really happen to a lot, but we thought it might. Okay, we'll replace it. Boom, replaced it. Really good service, unbelievable service. Get it back. Two and a half rides later. Crack, opposite side, new rear triangle, opposite side, seat stay. Because when I got it back, it had a little bit of play. A little bit of play in the linkage. Well, we think it's probably this, that, whatever, okay. A little bit of play introduced, I think probably a little less structure, a little less structure, and then, yeah, doing like 13-foot drops um, <laughs> on an XC bike. Uh, crack. And I'm just like, can I get a, my subwoofer just went down. It's a... I hooked up another one. Works perfectly fine. So the wiring's good. It was just, that's one bad. How do I get the one bad one? Major brand. Like major, major kicker. Major brand. Like yeah. I get the one bad one. You know, th- these aftershocks. I'm, I'm literally on a streak of like the tolerance thing. You know, like you said 99.999. Yeah, but there's a .001 out there somewhere. <laughs> His name's Justin. He's got great hair, but he's a little aggro right now. Hence the episode. And so I have had to consciously recant my year, which has been a little different of a year than I've had in the past three race seasons, right? Three race seasons of like, oh, I won, oh, I win, win. <sighs> and this year hasn't had a lot of that like, jubilant win thing, but it's had a lot of great experience and great racing and super strong numbers. Um, but now currently in this little streak of tolerance, I'm sitting there in this morning, I'm like stretching in the shower. It's a great place to stretch, by the way. And I'm stretching in the shower. I'm like, man, I have like no low back pain. It's amazing. After what I was dealing with, yeah, like I'm not sick. I had that like nagging cough that everyone had forever, you know. Like I'm not sick. Nothing hurts. Nothing's off. Nothing's bad. Like my, I have time to do the things I need. Like I have all of this positive stuff, 
A little tolerance, like, oh my gosh, you got to go get a new subwoofer. But like, uh, really, do you even need a subwoofer? Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. Like, do, do you need it? Like, um, when <laughs> do it comes, you want it? Yes. Do you yeah. need it? No. When it comes to like your your bike, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want the power data. You want it to be accurate. You want it to be right. But like, does your bike work even if the CR twenty thirty two is not giving you the right data? Like, uh, does the bike work? It really does. Like, can you get the fitness? Can you get the training? Can you enjoy the bike ride? Um, and 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 that's where. I think in training, these things are harder to deal with than in races. In races, I think these minor annoyances are way easier to deal with. I would agree with that 100%. I mean, if those minor annoyances are actually the noise at the front of your head in a race, then you're, you're not racing. Yeah, right. And also, uh, okay, so a race is a maximum effort. Right, you are putting it all on. If you aren't, then don't do the race. Right, I just even if you're a back of the pack racer, first time a racer, like if you're not going out there to do your absolute best, then don't do it. I go do a fun ride somewhere else. Yeah, right? there's fondos, there's yeah, group rides, yeah, there's the pur- tours. The purpose yeah. of the race, the purpose of the number plate, is simply for you to say, "Hey, I'm gonna just pour it all into this." You know, yeah. no matter where your your level is, pour it all into it. Otherwise, you don't spend the money. Right? Don't spend the time. Don't take the resources. So you're pouring it all into this event. You're out there. Come hell or high water, I'm giving my best. And so if something happens, a rubbing brake, a misfunctioning chain, a, I don't know, an axle that doesn't rotate. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Like, no matter what it is that you're dealing with, you can handle it so much easier because you go, hey, this, this is part and parcel with putting myself on the line. Like, if I'm on the line, I'm on the ragged edge, mm-hmm. then... It ain't going to be pretty, right? Uh, I just finished reading this book and had a beautiful way of saying that. Like, when the impossible is accomplished, it's not in perfect circumstances, right? Right. It's not, you, you it's don't- be a little messy. Don't do the impossible when it's perfect. Like, you know, laboratory controlled environment. No, like the, the impossible happens when it is ugly and when it is imperfect, and so these mechanical issues, a shifting issue, a leaky tire. Like, I have a question for you because Lord knows, like I run 23 PSI on my front tire. I run 20 PSI on my rear tire because I have a Tannis oh, insert. Like, so I have a Tannis uh, insert on my rear tire. So I run 20 PSI and 23 up front, which equates to roughly like 23 front, 25 rear is about what the numbers I'd do without an insert. Right. And that's a little hot for people. Like it's a little high end for pressure. And I do it because... I have found when I go lower, I, I then run the issue of, of some catastrophe. So I'll run a little Blown hot for a rim, little bit of security. Yeah. Right. But does 5 PSI low or 5 PSI high, and you this I'm asking you as a bike pro, and let's just jump it, does 10 PSI, right? That's a massive number. Does 10 PSI make a system structurally impossible to work? No, it doesn't. I mean, it makes it, again, it's suboptimal. Right, or but, the rider, but, but like you can the, still use the bike. Yeah, like the wheel. Like, say I, I totally mess up, and my front now is at at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Is the tire is the is it going to roll off the rim? And let, okay, yes, if I go something gnarly, but for the most part, is the tire going to like rip off of the no, rim? No, no. I mean, again, circling back around to shifting the perspective of like a training ride versus a race. Uh, we had uh, Fang Dango. Uh, oh, shit, it was like almost a month ago at this point. Um, and, uh, I was having a really, really good race 
And anybody who's listened to the podcast at all knows that I'm super meticulous about my, my tire pressure. I've preached, you know, figure out what works for you and have a digital pressure gauge and always use the same pressure gauge. And I literally have my, my tire pressure down to the PSI that I run across the board, but I got a flat, um, three miles into the last six mile lap of the race and tire pressure be damned. I got a tube in it and just shot a whole fucking CO2 into it. Yeah. I don't know if it was high. I don't know if it was low, but it really crossed the finish line. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. And that's the thing, like in a race or on an adventure ride or something like that. Um, when you know you're not there for, here's what it is. When you're training, you're there for development. You're there. Like I have a purpose and a reason to very yeah. When you get to a race or like a big like epic adventure, mm-hmm. the purpose is so much greater than right. these little things. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, you f- slam a CO two in there and go like I. Uh, I wish that all the CO twos were like thirty gram CO twos because right. inevitably I piss a little out at the beginning. Right. Always, you always I piss lose a little, a little bit. Yeah. Like why can't I just get this to work perfectly every time? <laughs> so I'm always pissing a little CO two. I'm like, you know, what, just give me thirty so I know I have ample because the amount of times. I've used both my CO2s on one repair is almost every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, to really... And, and you know, with, like, a, a an adventure, oftentimes uh, it really is... I just need to get to the next safe point, right? Yeah. If you go out for, let's say... I think the Kenosha to Breck ride is a, a pretty big deal. Yeah, like, huge. you end up in some pretty remote spots. Um Let's let's be realistic. At a certain point during that ride, if something goes wrong, it's literally you're doing math. How am I closer to the end than I am the beginning? And so, like, make the bike functional and get it done. Yeah, yeah. You 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 turn it into a single speed, like Chad at Moab Rocks. Or stuff you, leaves you, in the tire to yeah, you know, stuff. Like, your what did he do? Like Elander put his coat in a tire. Yeah, you know, like a rain jacket. You know, like yeah, you just, just just make it work. You just get to the finish and. uh and we can do that when the purpose is great. It's just it's when it's when you're out on those other rides, and it just can steal you. And I'm I'm learning. I had a I had somebody ask me just recently what my favorite trail was. Um, they were a fan of the podcast. I bumped into them at an event, and we were talking riding this and that. And they're like, I mean, "What's your favorite trail?" And I think five years ago, I would have very easily answered the question right. Uh, it would have been probably Dirty Copper Triangle as a route. Let's just call yeah. it a, a ride. It would have been Dirty Copper Triangle. And that's my favorite ride, right? Um, now, my answer to him, I go, I know this answer sucks, dude. I go, but <laughs> but dude, like every trail. Every, every time I ride, because I've gotten to a spot now where I, I, I've, I've swung so far, I think, through the scale that now I'm at a spot where, man, I'm out riding is awesome. And there's always something to learn or to gain, whether it be from fitness or perspective or skill development or whatever. There's, there's like always something to gain. And, you know, I run these camps and just recently in Bentonville on the camp, I'm riding with the, the group in the back and the speed, you know, at a much slower speed than I normally ride. And they're like, just go by me, just go by me. I don't, I don't want to hold you up. And I go, Hey, don't worry about it. like, Hey, I'm here for you. But also I'm like, it's actually really cool back here. I'm in my 50 going or 50. What am I? 51? Yeah. 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 I'm in my 51, two, three. I'm at the top of my cassette. We're going uphill and I'm track standing behind you and then pedal a little and the track stand. I go, you know how fun this is for me? Like I'm, I'm developing this like crazy fun, slow speed track stand pedal skill set that I would never practice elsewhere. Like 
this was a really fun ride. And and it's gotten there for me. It's been a long journey to get there. But you can always gain something. When we lose the mind, when we lose the, like, the joy of it, then that's when you're not getting anything. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, again, I think it, it does build nicely off of that older episode about perspective because the anecdote that you gave me before we started recording was, man, you're, you're in Colorado on amazing trail or wherever you are. And, uh, you know, you're doing this cool thing on world-class equipment that, yeah, you're having a little problem with it, but you know, basically the nicest stuff you can buy, like just, just try to chill. Check this out. (laughs) The worst happens. Okay. And your bike doesn't work. What are you now doing in Colorado on a beautiful trail and cool surroundings? Hiking? You're now hiking. <laughs> like this is an activity that uh, many other people like many intentionally hundreds go out of thousands of people. Their whole thing is now the activity that boohoo you are relegated to doing. Yeah. You have water, right? Yeah. You have food, yeah. yeah. Maybe you have your shocks and you're listening and to hey, some tunes. Let's be realistic. Anytime it's a downhill, you're no longer hiking. <laughs> exactly you get the best of both worlds right because the hikers they have to work both ways so so you're now (laughs) you're now hiking like that's the the worst thing you're gonna do today is go for a hike in the mountains yeah oh no oh yeah so you're pushing a little 20 something pound thing that's got wheels uh so it's just (laughs) it's just hilarious and i thought it was it was good for us to kind of come back to that as we're, you know, we're, we're, it's coming into June. We're coming into Memorial Day weekend. Everyone's got an event this weekend. Yep. Right? So everyone's going to be stoked. No matter what happens to your, on your event, you're going to be excited. But then you go back into riding because June's a little bit of a weird month, uh, kind of across the country with races, but specifically here in Colorado only because it's, uh, it's very scary for a race director to book a June event. It could be anything. Yeah, because you're trying to get to Alpine, but Alpine's not quite, like, Alpine's not quite ready yet. And so you're here, but then it is variable here. And so June's June's actually a pretty low event month. Yeah. And so everyone's going to be back out there training, and you're going to have a squishy seat post. <laughs> you're going to have a funky shift. You're going to have funky shifting. You know, you got you got 12 gears back there. I mean, yeah. if you're listening to this episode, you got 12 gears back there. Um, if three don't work, you got nine gears back yeah. there. People used to have – when they got nine gears, like, this is dope. Yeah. I I was – we're kind of running down on time a little bit, so I don't know that we can like pick apart every every system on a bike and and have an anecdote about it. But I'm thinking to myself, like, man, if gears really bothered Justin so much, that makes sense why he tore all of his gears off and raced that way for like four years. Oh man, I, I had, <laughs> dude, you are so so. I'm in Spain just a couple weeks ago, racing the Gigantes, and I had yeah, I had a, a, an issue with a a hub bearing that affected the axle, but only affected the situation at the top of the intermittent, bottom, like I said. Yeah, like, yeah, it was intermittent at that. So I had to get into the middle, and I, I was I was riding, and I go, this is what you get, you dumb 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 for putting a geared bike <laughs> just, out here. Like, yeah. you don't have this problem on single speed, right? right? And, yeah. so, and so, like, this is what you get, idiot. And yeah. then I rode my single speed when I got back to Colorado, and I had, uh, thanks to, to Rob on our team, he's a freaking mad scientist, and he sent me a link for these ceramic bearings you can buy off Amazon to put into the pulley wheels on our Paul components uh, Melvin. Okay. Because the bearings in there, they, they don't spin freely. They're not great. Uh, and he goes, dude, they're the exact same size. But to get them in, I had to use like 
I had to use two different size sockets. It's always a fucking a ordeal hammer. with Rob. Oh, dude, it's such a thing. And he's sending me like these step-by-step instructions. And so I'm like, I'm hammering out the old bearing. And then I'm like, well, how do I get like this new one? The new I one can't in. push in the new one. He's like, oh, I use this size socket. Flipped upside down, but make sure you use a flat hammer. And so I'm like in the kitchen on a cutting board hammering in bearings. And I'm like, I am not qualified for this. And I get them all in. And I put the system all back together. And sure as shit. Last week, my chain jumps off of one of those pulleys because yeah. I had not had the spacers on the hub just quite right. And I'm like, I can't even get a single speed to work. And just <laughs> am like losing oh, my mind. Oh, Jesus. Uh, um, well, you brought up June. Um, June's kind of a – I mean, I've got Memorial Day, first weekend of June, third weekend of June, all – like those are big. Yeah, there, yeah, there are events. So – Cat out of the bag, you and I are racing sunrise to sunset as partners. Yep, in duo. 12 hour. But we're doing it strategically, possibly the worst way you could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which is I'll ride the first six hours and Justin will ride the second six hours. And both of us riding six hours, no stopping. No stopping. So Just six hour, hand no up stopping. bottles. Yeah. Um, now I was thinking about it strategically. We do skip transition time. I don't know how the transition works, but it's time. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a few seconds each time. Um, but we're doing it as a training ride and also it actually creates kind of a, so I've done many 12 hours and I have, I've been fortunate enough to win this event as a duo. Right. I've won it as a solo. Right. Um, as a duo, the duo category in 12 and 24 hour races is the loneliest category. Yeah. Everybody it, wants to, it's a, it's a party event. Everybody wants to do four man. Every, well, no, it's duo man is lonelier than solo really yes here's the thing when you're on a four-man team you run like an hour and then you got three hours of like well, yeah. kind of like two and a half of like yeah. talking to whatever buds are back there maybe going around checking out the expo having and, a snack yeah whatever right yep so i mean there's no secret that that's super fun right the solo man you so say you're solo 12 hours you're just in your zone you know you you whether you got tunes or whatever but like you're self-sufficient and you know that you can't go full tilt boogie every lap. Like you're gonna go fast, but you can't go like your fastest because you have to just pick hours. a pace and just do it. So you actually get the chance to like chat with people on course or say what's up. Right. And, like, so you actually get a little community. People see you. You know, many racers will see you so many times over, so they start to get to know you just by seeing you. And they're like, yeah. dude, you're still out here. And like it actually is pretty social and, and relatively enjoyable on a social aspect. Physically hurts. The duo man, you have to go as hard as you can for your hour. And then shut down, refuel, load back up, and go again. And you never talk to your partner. Right. So you're a team but, that doesn't talk. Yeah. You know, so you, because there's no like if you're on there's course, no interaction. Yeah, zero. Yeah, you're not at the same place at the same time. So, and then you can't really walk around and talk to other teams or teammates, right? Because you're getting you gotta smoked, be ready. Yeah. And you gotta recover. So duo man is the loneliest. Not for us. I'm gonna have six hours. Let's call it like five. I'm able to walk around, me chat with people. I'm gonna have a good old time. I'll see you come by. Hey, what's up? Like, um, and then when you're out there, you're out there for your six hours. Then when you're done, you're done, done. You can put on like normal clothes, clean your butt, and you're gonna <laughs> walk around. And you get to be social. And I'm yeah. out for a ride. Yeah. So we actually uh, we're doing it in a way where it's not gonna be the best to win, but it is going to be a really fun and enjoyable time. But I, I also think we have a a pretty good shot at doing well. Well, we're going to do well. I mean, let's be real. Like, <laughs> Let's be real. I'm on the team. Uh, 
I mean, I Strava stalked everybody in the duo field. No one's faster than me, so we're going to do well. Um, enough or nothing, like, you're no schlep. You're no freaking stinky piece of cheese. You're, right. you're, you're, you're a fast rider. No, and so I think we'll do well. We're going to do well, but... But yeah, we're not we're not doing it the best way to win. No, I've thought about some fun strategies. I was thinking maybe like um, I do the first two hours on my Allied, uh-huh. and then I was like, I do the second two hours on my single speed, and I'll do my third two hours on my revolver hardtail. Okay, and then I'll just do like like literally running bike swaps, yeah, just for fun. I was like, maybe I do that. I'm like, I probably won't, but no. you know, uh, but yeah, you have that in June, and then you got the seventeenth, Bailey Hondo. That's Bailey Hondo. Um, but there's a lot of training in June, you know, so yeah. it's why I got a Crested Butte camp I'm hosting. Yep. Um, be a lot of fun. And uh, I actually have back I'm, three weekends in a row. I'm racing Growler back-to-back this weekend. Then we got our Sunrise to Sunset. Yeah. And then we fly to Mexico City for a uh, race across Hidalgo, June 9th, 10th, and 11th. That's so, you and Brian, right? You and Elander. Yeah. So, like, yeah, June's got some stuff. But for the most part, <clears throat> there's there's not a huge lineup of races. Uh, no. For the month. So, no, there's not a lot. We have the keep, we have the midweek melees. Keep your heads screwed on straight, people. It is just a dropper post or like a sword fight, whatever. It is just a shift. Once it's in the gear, it's fun. Look at where you're at. Look at what you're doing. Look at what you're able to do. More importantly, remember what you're not doing. In worst case scenario, oh my God, you have to be a hiker in Colorado <laughs> or whatever state you're Wherever listening you to this from. You have to be a hiker. So, uh, you know, we we just we keep it cool, and you know what? Yeah, talk these things out. I feel a lot better about my subwoofer now that we've had this conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone.